What do you think about Taylor Swift's new single? Um, so I mostly, I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like the first song that she always releases is net winds up never being my favorite on the album. Right, like Shake It Off. Yes. Was like was like fine. Fine and different, but like 1989, great, great album. Great album. Yeah. So that's how I feel. Like, okay, I feel like this could be the sign of like really good things. I do think a couple things. I think it's hilarious that there it's a riff on I'm too sexy for my shirt. That's where the chorus came from. Like literally is credited partly. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at your face. I knew something before you did. I'm yeah. so proud. I mean, I've just been listening to it a lot. I haven't, like, read anything about it. Because, like, I got on Twitter, which was always a mistake. Yeah. Um, like, anytime Tell I, me when anytime a, a story idea. begins with, I got on Twitter, it's never a good story. But it was why. just all these people, like, saying, like, the one still from the video that was released is, like, stealing from Beyonce's formation. Or yes. whatever it is, video. Yeah. Um, yeah, formation. Um. And, like, there were a couple funny ones. Yeah. Like, the one that was, like, my daddy Pennsylvania, my mama Pennsylvania. <laughs> you put that pencil with a vania. I'm from Pennsylvania. <laughs> but, like, there were so many that I just thought were mean-spirited and not, not funny. Because, like, is Taylor Swift the first person to, like, stand in a line with dancers in a nice house? No. No, I feel like Britney But Britney's also neither was that. Beyonce. Right, I was about to say, I feel like Britney Spears did that. Um, and so, I don't know, I think it's jumping to conclusions, and I don't, it, people, I don't know, I think we're reading too much into it, it's too soon to tell what anything is. Uh, However, I really like the song, and I love how it sounds, and it's all chaotic and weird. It's super weird. Um, and I'm on board until, like, the chorus, and then I feel a little, oh, is this... <laughs> Can't. It's a really sexy sounding chorus, isn't it? I yeah. said that too, and I was like, oh. I feel uncomfortable. There's so much happening yeah. in just these sounds. Um, but, and so aside from the I'm too sexy for my shirt, somebody also said, which I think this is digging a little too deep, mm -hmm. but could it be true? Because somebody played the mean, there's a scene in Mean Girls where they're getting ready for Halloween, and it has the exact same beat. And they think she intentionally did that because people have called it's her Regina girl. George. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and I told Jordan, I was like, the lyrics aren't perfect, but I do wonder if it's not just about Kanye. Obviously, there's all the speculations about Kanye. I wonder if it's about like what we have all done to her. Oh, I think so, too. Um, because the first time I listened to it, I caught like the biblical imagery, right? Yeah. Where she's like, I hate your kingdom keys. They yes. once belong to me. Something about like, I give you a place to sleep and you lock me out and through a feast. I was like, that's a parable. That's from Jesus. But <laughs> then I thought like, didn't Kanye have a whole album called Jesus? Yes. And Wait, right? Yeah. Is I'm pretty sure. Um, and so is like, is that just really clever? Because I think that's yeah. really clever if that's what she was doing. I, Jordan, even Jordan, I made him listen to some of it. And he, I think his immediate impulse was, well, I think this is her talking to all of us. Like you made like what me, you made look me what do. you made me do. Yeah. Like she's this, because, okay, look, I just don't understand one minute we hate Taylor Swift and the next minute we love her. Yeah. And I've always been on the, like the positive Taylor Swift. Yeah. I've never been like a huge Taylor Swift fan, but but I like her and yeah. always have. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm just confused by what we have done. I will say, when I did get on Twitter, mm -hmm. the one good thing that came from that was this one that was like, I got on Twitter tonight and everyone was arguing about a pop song and I, and I thought to myself, uh, I miss us. This yeah. was us before pop. This was us before 2017. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good times. Good times.
Welcome to episode 134 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and can August be over yet? And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. But really, can August be over yet? I almost forgot my part of the intro just to tell you, yes, please let August be over. August is bad, guys. August has been a bad month for both of us. It's just terrible. For many different reasons. At least we're on the same cycle now. That's true. That's true. (laughs) We finally synced up. I feel like for a while, everything good was happening to you when bad things were happening to me and vice versa. Right. And now it's just bad things all the time. (laughs) It's great. Uh, And I feel dumb saying that, by the way, because there are some really good things happening for the bookshelf and in my life. And there are much worse things happening in the world. Overall. But... Not a great month. Right. And on this particular day, we record right now on Saturdays, and by Saturday, I'm just running on, yeah. running on the empty. Yeah. Literally, for me, yes. I'm, I am hungry. <laughs> I am too. We're always hungry when we record. And I listened back to our last episode that we recorded, like, while we were hungry, and yeah. it, it showed. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could hear it in our voices. Yeah, the pain, the suffering. All I keep thinking about is a hot dog from across just, the street. Just the hanger. I have some pot stickers in the refrigerator. Oh, you're just, always I'm going to go eat them. But it's the end of the month. And I did so read some things. You know what that means. It's time yeah. for a reading recap. Yeah. I did not read any things because I calculated it out an hour ago. I was out of town for 17 of the 31 days of August. No wonder you're exhausted. And not for like good fun reasons. Right. Um, not vacation. Yeah. So I read nothing this month. All right. I read like 40 pages of NARC. Which ARC? Um, How to Stop Time. Okay. Did you like it? Um, I, yes. Okay. What you um, read. Yeah. So like it comes out, I think late. like late spring next yeah. year, like maybe May. Um, I really loved the first 20 pages. Okay. Pages 20 through 40. I was a little bit annoyed with the narration. Okay. And I haven't picked it up since. Got but it. not because I didn't want to keep reading, because I do, but because everything else because happened. Because life. Um, so that's all I got. All right. <laughs> what did you read this month? So I read several books, and most of them I really loved. Good. So I think this will be a fun conversation. Good. Um, I think the first one you read this month was Final Girls, which we talked a little bit about last week. Yes. Um, we bundled it with some other stuff. That's Those bundles right. are still available on the um, bookshelf online shop. Yeah, thank that you. Wasn't, I'm allowed to say that because it was Chris's idea. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun, and I, I think those bundles are so fun. I would buy one. So please yeah. check them out. I think it'd be a fun gift. I think it would be, too. Um, you really want to get a good gift for a, a book-loving friend. We've got bundles available of books that talk to each other. But anyway, Final Girls, kind of a thriller, right? Yeah, thriller, suspense, really more in the thriller, almost horror genre. Uh-huh. So I didn't realize... I mean, A little I, out of genre for you. Yes. I read suspense thrillers, but I don't always delve into like the more gruesome uh-huh. stories, I guess. Um, but... For whatever reason, I was in a serious reading rut at the beginning of this month, and I could not get started. Like, couldn't pick up anything that I wanted to make my way through. I think part of that was because I had struggled through People We Hate at the Wedding Uh and never did finish. And so, anyway, I picked up Final Girls because it was out of genre, and Maddie had said she had read it, and I thought, okay, well, I'll read it so we can talk about it. And um, I did not realize that in horror movies or in the horror genre the idea of the final girl mm-hmm. is a thing, like, yeah. as a concept. I mean, I knew what it was. I just didn't know there was a term for it. So it's that term for the last girl standing, right. essentially. So this book is about this group of, I think, three young women 
who are all final girls. Okay. Um, after these kind of horrific massacres, like one was <clears throat> the last girl standing at a sorority house murder scene. The other one was like out at a campsite, and she was the last one of her friends uh, living. And then one th- one third final girl. And so it's kind of about these three women and how the media kind of wants to talk to them anytime there's another new murder or a new massacre. They want to talk to the final girls. And um, anyway, really interesting premise, I thought. Uh, the story really follows one of the final girls and kind of how she's coping when another kind of murder massacre happens. It is gory mm-hmm. uh, way more than like other thriller and mm-hmm. suspense books I read. So like if you're in the same vein as me, like where you really love the Tana French books or you like Ruth Ware, mm-hmm. this to me goes a step beyond that. Okay. So actually a couple of the suspense thriller novels I read this month were much darker, um, much more gruesome than I typically read. Mm-hmm. They kept me up at night. Sign of the times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed this one. Um, the author is Riley Salger, I yeah. believe, which is a pseudonym. And we find out we found out recently that it's a man. And I think a lot of people were disappointed oh, okay. um, because they thought you know this was kind of groundbreaking because a woman had written this book. I was disappointed by that initially. Maddie and I talked about that, but then I was honestly kind of impressed because you can often tell when a man has written a book. Right. No offense to you. No, it's true. I just mean you. We all have different sensibilities, right. and especially. If an author is writing about sex, you can, to me, that's an easy way to tell if the writer is male or female. I love Steve Martin, the comedian, have a a married crush on him, Um, (laughs) but he also writes really great books. You can tell he's a guy just the way he writes romance, the way he writes romance. So I was pleasantly surprised that not once during the final girl's book did I think, oh man, wrote this. Like, I just thought this is a good, Hmm. interesting, clever concept um, would not shock me if somebody optioned the film rights very much would lend itself to film format. Yeah, and there's been a lot of buzz about this one. Yeah, and so if you like Tana French, this would definitely be a departure, but there's enough there that's suspenseful and thrilling that you, like there's enough intrigue, and there's some weird stuff, and it's so good. I really liked it. Good. Yeah. Um, what about the next one? It was The Glass Eye. You would love this book. Okay, what's it so about? So this is coming out, gosh, I don't know. It's coming out not right now. <laughs> Chris Sometime will, soon. Chris I will, will put I'll up have update. a date for you. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and preface this by saying this book is not out yet. Um, but my Norton rep really recommended it. And so I picked it up off my ridiculously large stack of ARCs. And I really, really enjoyed it. It's by Janine, I believe her last name is um, Gresco. I'm so sorry. I don't have my phone in front of me. I should preface all of these by saying, normally I can tell you the author because it's on my phone. Right. My phone I'll is, have it in the show notes. My phone is broken. Um, but it's called The Glass Eye. It's a memoir. Um, the young woman who has written it is a poet, and you definitely can get that sensibility uh-huh. here. Um, but... It is about the death of her father. So there are remnants. If this sounds familiar to you, that might be because it sounds almost priest-daddy-esque. Uh-huh. I mean, her, her father is not dead in that book, but the poet writing a memoir right. um, about father-daughter relationships. 
but she has this really wonderful relationship with her father who was much older than her mother. Mm -hmm. And so it is her coping with his aging and his ultimate death and how she and her mother kind of remember this man in their life. Um, And then also Janine is struggling with mania. Okay. And you never quite know bipolar, manic depressive, like you, she never names it really, Mm -hmm. but you can feel it. Uh And even in the pages, you can see she might've been having a moment, like a a manic state while writing it. Uh Like it is fascinating. There's this book um, called brain on fire, Mm -hmm. I believe, which is about, it's another memoir about a woman struggling with um, manic depression. And I loved that book. And this has remnants of that. So it's kind of got this priest daddy, father-daughter memoir vibe mixed in with this woman clearly struggling with Mm -hmm. some kind of mental illness. And also grief. And grief. And it is so powerful Mm -hmm. and really uniquely written because you can tell she's a poet and and just how she writes is really different. Um, I'd recommend this one for fans of The Glass Castle. If you liked Priest Daddy, it's not quite as weird of a concept, I guess, right. as Priest Daddy was. Um, so if Priest Daddy made you uncomfortable, you might try the glass eye instead if you if you like that genre, you like that um, type of story. It was just really powerful. I think you would like it a lot. Um, I know Hunter, who's mm-hmm. on the podcast frequently, I think he would like it. Cool. So um, don't know when it comes out. Chris will have that for you in the show notes, yep. but it's really good. Absolutely. Tell me about there's someone inside your house. Okay. I don't, I'm looking at my list realizing I've read a lot of a lot of things this well, month that were similar. Uh-huh. Uh, you read some thrillers this month. Yeah, which always is a sign that I'm... It's all my brain can handle. Yeah. Um, so, There's Someone Inside Your House is written by Stephanie Perkins. She's a YA author. She wrote, like, Anna's First Kiss or something like that. She's beloved in the YA world. Uh-huh. I will fully acknowledge and confess that I've not read any of her previous work. Anna and the French Kiss. Somebody's going to write in. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know the correct name for that word, but I think it's... Anna and the French Kiss. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I'm not a Stephanie Perkins fan per se, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. They love her. The internet loves Stephanie sure. Perkins. So someone inside your house, I saw that Tyler Goodson, the manager at Avid Bookshop, had read this. And so when it, the ARC came in, I snagged it. Um, Did I tell you he was here a couple weeks ago? No. Sorry. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, he said to say hi. Oh. But that was like a month ago now. <laughs> Whoops. Did he buy anything? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Anyway, he and I often have similar tastes. And so um, when the ARC came in, I picked it up. Again, very gory. Mm -hmm. And Maddie must have read this one too because when I picked it up and I told her final girls felt a little gory to me, she was like, oh, get ready. Uh, (laughs) And sure enough, there's someone inside your house is literally like reading... Scream the Ugh. movie or something like that where there's like a death every chapter and it is gruesome. Yikes. And it takes place um, in this small town uh, in the Midwest and kind of on in high school. And mm-hmm. I had a... Okay, I really enjoyed it from the moment I started it. But the first chapter, I became very attached to one of the characters. Who was gone. Yeah, like yeah. very quickly. It's like reading Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, so, and so I was immediately like, immediately like oh no I thought she was going to be the main character so like so keep saying your toes yes so I had a minute where I was like uh oh how am I going to adjust and then once I got over that um it is very good if you like 
that scream type. Mm-hmm. It would be so fun to read at Halloween or for a mm. like book club Halloween pick. Because um, I think there's plenty to talk about because of the tropes of horror movies. And apparently Stephanie Perkins is like a big horror movie fan. Sure. And this is the book she's always wanted to write. And that's kind of cool to that me. That is cool. Um, so really, despite being very much like a scream type film, it's very original. It, it, I didn't feel like I was reading a bunch of cliched tropes, which I think scary movies often fall into. Right. Um, really gory, bloody. And I literally kept stayed up so late finishing this one because I liked it so much. And then I turned my lights off and we have um, uh, millennial alert. I have a pink salt lamp in my, in my house now. And so when you turn off our lights, there's like this weird pink red glow. And I was like, I'm going to have nightmares. Tonight. Terrifying. Like it was terrifying. No, thank you. Um, this book will make you pee your pants scared. <laughs> Probably not for you. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You never know. That's true. Maybe it's that time for you to <laughs> time to read a thriller. I mean, we are synced up. Yeah. Um, next one I think is also a thriller. Yeah. Uh, Girl in Snow. But very different. Okay. So if there's somebody, in, if there's someone inside your house and Final Girls, if those fall into like the dark, almost horror realm, Girl in Snow is way more, um, more comfortably in my genre. Okay. Yeah. It's literary. Um, I immediately thought of Celeste Ng. Okay. Um, somebody else on my Instagram thought it felt very, like, much like Megan Abbott, who I also love. So, Girl in Snow is told in three different voices. Uh, Each voice, um, is very unique and different and good. So, like, have you ever read a book where there are three or four alternating voices, but you can't wait to get to the... Yes. The better voice. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I feel like so often in novels, you're like, oh, just get me to the, mm-hmm. the character I really care about hearing from. This was different in that I really did care about each plot That's great. point and each voice. Um, the author of this one is a rep from Riverhead, um, okay. but cool. she, this is a Simon and Schuster book. Yeah, I mean, so, she couldn't. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's, but it's so, it's so good. And the reason I compare it to everything. Um, I Never Told You by Celeste Ng is because it definitely is that thriller vibe. Uh, A young woman is dead and they're trying to solve the crime. Um, But it's really more about the family dynamics Mm -hmm. and the relationships she had. So one of the voices we hear from is this young man who had a crush on her. And we can't tell, is that crush creepy? Mm -hmm. Is he a Mm stalker-type character? Or is he just innocent and was in love with her? Um, So you you get his perspective. um, You get the cop investigating. You get his perspective. And you get a young woman who was very much her opposite. So the main, the, the one young woman who died was like kind of this sweet, almost popular figure to, um, took place in high school. And then this other young woman is the opposite of that. And so it's from her voice as well. And you care deeply about all three of those voices and eventually their voices merge. And it's just really well done and less about the murder, mystery, thriller, suspense aspect, mm-hmm. even though that's definitely there, and more about relationships gotcha. and family dynamics. And so this was more comfortably in my genre. Absolutely. Um, but really good. Just with the set dressing of the other things you've been reading. Exactly. Yeah. No, really that's good. cool. Yeah. Um, the next one I think is a big departure from all that. Um, the Misfortune of Marion Palm. Yeah. 
You loved this one. I love this one yeah. so much. I loved it so much that even though I'm annoying and always posting my book reviews on Instagram, I like got on Instagram story one day and was like, I finished this one and it's so good. I can't wait to tell you about it. Um, it's out right now. Good. So so is Girl in Snow, by the way. Um, but The Misfortune of Marion Palm is about this woman named Marion Palm who is a wife and a mother of two daughters and she works in the development office of her daughter's kind of prestigious private school and turns out she's been embezzling money mm. and she runs away. Like that's no spoilers. That's like immediately what happens. She runs away from her family with all the money she has embezzled. And this is like her plan that she's had forever. Um, she is the most interesting, uniquely flawed, not, you're not necessarily going to root for her. Like, she is just so messed up <laughs> that you just are dying to know what is in Marion Palm's head. Like, she's left behind her family. She's done this wrong thing. It is, it is fascinating. And it's darkly, it's darkly funny. Like, so funny. Um, kind of in the realm of Where'd You Go, Bernadette? I feel like that's one mm -hmm. of those books like Station Eleven that we toss out all the time. Right. Um, but the book definitely, again, kind of, kind of rotating in voices. I mean, it's, I think it's mostly from Marion's perspective, but you also get the daughters and the husband and the school. And so you, um, if you liked Big Little Lies, mm -hmm. this would be perfect too. So Big Little Lies, Where'd You Go Bernadette? Because it's got these really richly drawn female characters. Um, and then it's got like this backdrop of this elite private school. Uh, oh, so you're already yeah, <laughs> very sold. invested. Yeah. It is so good and so original. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about uh -huh. it. Like, I feel like I haven't seen it in enough places. I did see that Emma Straub um, hosted this author in at her, her bookstore book yeah. and raved about it. So I was like, all right, me and Emma, we're on the same page. <laughs> like, I felt really good about that. Um, I am hand-selling this one to, like, everybody I know. <clears throat> so I, I don't know. I just, if you like the big little lies, um, everybody rise would be another good comp. Where'd you go, Bernadette? And book clubs will love this book. There's just so much to talk about. Like, especially if your book group has, like, moms in I don't know. Like, it's just so good. It's so good. So funny and um, so unique. Like, I this was one of those things. So I've been getting really overwhelmed with, like, my stack of books. So, like, one night I just came in to Jordan and I, like, I dropped, like, two stacks of books on our bed. And I was like, tell me what to read next. I'm just so annoyed with all of these books. And so he pulled this one. And then when I read it and loved it, he was like, told you, like, as if he knew, really. But he did read the back and thought, oh, Annie, you'll like this book. And I did. It was so good, you guys. So good. Okay, cool. Uh, the next one was Goodbye, Vitamin. Another, another so good. I read so many you, good books this month. You read month. good books, and I'm glad because it offset everything else. Yeah. Um, Goodbye, Vitamin, which the only problem with this is now I'm struggling. Like, mm, after, because all these like books have been so good. Yeah. Um, so Goodbye Vitamin, out right now, you've probably seen it, the cover is really striking. Um, it is the story of a young woman, it's written in diary format, which I okay. didn't know when picking it up and I wasn't sure if I was going to like mm -hmm. it, but it basically, miss. yes, it basically takes place over a year, it's fiction, a young woman returns home because her father um, is a professor who has Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. and so he... Um, he is quickly deteriorating. And mm -hmm. so she comes home to be with her mom and her dad. And so it's the coming of age, like somebody who's about to lose a parent. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also, 
it's also about coming home again Mm -hmm. and what role you play with your parents and and living at home and her trying to figure out where she really belongs. She's had a breakup and so that's why it's the perfect time for her to come home. Nothing is really going right in her life right now. So she comes home um, to take care of her dad. But honestly, as is often the case, her parents are also taking care of her. Mm -hmm. Um, It is... I, I thought the diary format would be distracting, but instead... It's, it was great because the story knew when to end. So, for example, I heard somebody talking recently about, like, British TV knows when to end and American TV so often does not. Yeah. Because um, I feel like Americans just want more. More and more and more uh, and yes, more. And like, diminishing returns. Yes. Yeah. And so this book knew when to end. It told a year-long story. And after that, like, it's up to our imagination what happens. Mm, and I, I prefer and, that. And we, we love that. Yeah. Not everybody Not will. everybody does, but... Um, but but I certainly do, and I know you do too. You would like this book, I think. Um, it was just, could have been a story that was already told. Mm-hmm. Like, could have been a story you've already read. But instead, instead it was really, really sweet and poignant. I was reading it one night and, like, couldn't put it down, but finally went to bed. And then the next morning, like, before I got out of bed, I was like, I'm going to finish this book. Just because it was so... It was so richly told and so good. Um, I'm not sure that author has written anything else. I don't know if this was her debut. If it was her debut, it's impressive. Um, I think her name is Rachel Coe. I'm not 100% sure on that. That sounds right, but I will I will have the correct info in okay. the show notes. Last one is Of Mess and Moxie, which I heard you talking about this morning. Yes. So it is by Jen Hatmaker. Jen Hatmaker is, a, I think she kind of self-describes as a semi-evangelical celebrity like Uh you know for better or worse Um, and so she has written lots of things lots of books a lot of people will be familiar with especially if if they run in faith circles she wrote the book seven which was fine I really liked for the love um, which came out a couple years ago Uh, I follow her on Instagram I think she's an extremely funny talented writer and not too scared to write about hard things right uh, Lifeway won't sell her books anymore. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of gives you a sense of where she falls on the spectrum. Uh, I picked this one up because I'm a loyal, I, I won't say follower of hers, but I'm intrigued by her. And I, even if I don't always agree with what she has to say, I like how she says it. Uh-huh. Um, so Of Mess and Moxie is her new essay collection. Ranges from very funny essays about her marriage and about Netflix to essays about... Um, coming to terms with things she has written in the past that she no longer agrees with mm-hmm. and um, and who she's accountable to. You know, there's been some argument in the evangelical world about, about these evangelical celebrities aren't accountable to anybody. Uh-huh. And so they can say whatever they want. And, and she's kind of writing back a little bit against that. Like, no, I'm held accountable by these people. Like, I, I live in a faith circle, even if I'm writing. Right. Um, outside of it a little bit so anyway I just I like her a lot I think she's the real deal I think she's very authentic about her faith and about what she's doing not afraid to write about tough things and also writes I mean not every quote evangelical celebrity is a good writer right no that's, <laughs> um, that's and, self-evident yes yeah, so she but she is actually really quite talented and again I just really love her authenticity and I know some uh some Christians are quite hard on her and mm-hmm. don't necessarily... It's so interesting. She's a very divisive... Right. Uh, As those people tend to be. Yes. 
And sometimes I feel sorry for them because they are just people. Right. <laughs> um, but I think some people have had a, had a hard time with where she comes on certain issues, sure. especially politically. Uh-huh. And, you know, she's in a human being entitled to her opinions and she writes eloquently about them and you get to decide, take or leave them. And so if, you're intrigued by that at all then I think you'll enjoy this book I also don't want to limit it it's not just for people of faith I think you could really enjoy it and not be a person of faith because again she is so genuine and funny I think she'd be appealing to a wide range of readers so that's great yeah what are you reading right now I'm reading this book called The Party which I have made the point many times before it's a British book so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's moving a little slowly um, it reminds me very much of The Dinner by Herman, I never know how to pronounce his last Coke. name, Coke, um, in that a, a big fancy party has happened and now some people, uh, the protagonist is being interviewed at a police station and uh-huh. we don't know why. Um, I'm so intrigued, but here's how I can tell I'm not 100% invested is every night before bed, like I read five pages and then I'm ready to be done. Yeah. So... I don't know if that's because I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. uh, which is also true it's right totally now. Possible. Yep. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's that I'm exhausted. Um, I'm just concerned because, again, I'm at this point right now where things are a little stressful, and so I'm choosing television over yeah. book. Yeah. And not like good quality television, like rewatching Friends for the tenth time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. so I can't tell if it's just where I am right now in my in my month and in my life. Um, or that made it sound like I'm on my period, yeah, didn't it? No, that's not what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like where I am in my life. Life is has been stressful the last couple of weeks, and so I don't know if that's why I'm not reading, or because it's because I'm not invested. I can't tell. So I'm gonna try to finish that one this month, uh-huh. and and then move on from there. Because like when we're recording, you've still got five days. I got August. five days. So my goal is to finish the party because I just have this huge stack of books but I think I know what I'd like to read after that so anyway there's just there's also a lot of good books out and coming out yeah. so like my ARC yeah, stack no, is falls through big, the roof yeah big time so I'm just oh there's yeah. just a lot going on um but anyway so I'm reading the party I'll let you know yeah please let me know um next week we've got some changes coming yeah yeah <laughs> turn and face the screen <laughs> um I I think they're they're going to like them. They're good. They're good changes. They're good changes. And I don't think they're so drastic that it'll no. be like, what is this what I'm is listening this? to? Uh, um, it's just good changes. It's fine. Changes. So stay tuned. We've got some announcements for you. We've got some cool things on the horizon that I think you're going to be very excited about. Can I drop one final announcement? Probably when this episode comes out, you'll have like one day left to sign up for the September shelf subscription. Yes. After September 1st, you can still, please do, sign up for a shelf subscription. It'll just start in October. Yep. Um, so I don't care when you sign up, but I hope you sign up. And hey, want to know how many we're up to? I looked at it this morning and it's a lot. 52! 52! What? You guys are amazing. You guys are incredible. Because most of them truly are long distance. Yeah. And so that's really cool. We did give a little hint at mine uh, because mm-hmm. my release may or may, my book may or may not have released already. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to give a hint if you signed up for my subscription that maybe don't buy books for a couple of <laughs> weeks and I'll, ma- I'll mail you one instead. Um, so we're really clearly very excited about this And we're program. so thankful. And so appreciative um, because it has been really nice to have 
some support and business from online customers. July and August, everybody knows, those are very slow months in retail. Yeah. And this has been a huge boost for our business at a time when we really could use it. So if you're listening to this and you bought a shelf subscription, thank you. Thank you. You have helped the bookshelf um, stay open this month. So I don't think that's too dramatic to say. I feel like yeah. July and August are hard. So thank you. Um, as usual, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes, on Stitcher, and wherever your podcasts are listenable. Yeah, you can find our podcast anywhere because I... Because Chris busted it this week. I, I did. <laughs> Long distance, but I I put us everywhere. Got it done. <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever you listen We are on, there. We are with you. <laughs> Two or more are gathered. <laughs> um, but if you want to just kind of look at us too... <laughs> We're on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter at Bookshelf Tfil. We're on Facebook at The Bookshelf Thomasville. Um, and you can find everything on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And it's going to look a little different. Bye.